0: Everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where, come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver it to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balsazor, and welcome to this week's weekly recap. Where we're going to be covering a little bit of basketball recruiting, a little bit of soccer, and a little bit of volleyball, and then of course the triumphant return of the wacky segment of the week after a one-week hiatus due to a and A. But we'll just go ahead and start right in with the 13th and final scholarship member. Of the men's basketball team, and that is the Mississippi State slash Providence yep. <laughs> transfer, mm-hmm. Will McNair Jr. And before we we say anything else, you know, I, I'm not sure if there if there's ever been a uh, another Mississippi State transfer that K State has had. You know, there may be a maybe one that's escaping me here. It's no, Cam Carter. no then, I don't think he, did don't think he did The, the no. bid is Cam Carter. Cam Carter came from Mississippi State. But that was not Will McNair's first stop. That would be a New Mexico state by way of high school, then Mississippi State, then Providence, where he was there for the foreign trip and then decided he was out. But... Now he is the final member of the Tang Cats. He's a six foot 265-pound forward. He is listed as a forward anyway. And, Connor, you can uh, sort of read off his stats because even though they, it is sort of you know, limited in terms of... Uh, it's not too limited in terms of minutes, but, you know, nevertheless.
1: Yeah, I mean, he played um, in 34 games for Mississippi State this past year. He started once. Um, But I think a lot of what we're going to expect from him is to play a f- basically the same role as Bebe, but maybe be a little better suited for it because uh, he is uh, larger than Bebe. He's got, I think, two inches on him plus probably like 25 or 30 pounds. Yeah. So he's a 6'11", 265 guy that I think we want to pretty much be a... a just defend back to the basket guys effectively uh and plus i think we want him to be a a good rebounder for us uh which he did average 3.3 rebounds uh last season uh and he did that in 12 and a half minutes per game uh so not bad there uh averaged 3.3 points per game on 45 percent from the field i didn't take a ton of shots and a lot of i think pretty much all of his shots are right at the rim uh, he did step out and take a few threes, but he only made like three or four all year last year, so he's not like an active threat. His free throw percentage is above 50%, which when you get to bigger guys, it's really all you can ask for. Yeah. Um. But I, I like the ad. For one, you can't really ask for much more at this point in the portal season. And uh, he fills a void that we needed. I think we got exposed a few times uh, with really big... Back to the basket, guys. We just didn't have anybody to defend against them. Like, uh, I know we beat Kentucky, so I never think about it, but Oscar Shibwe yeah, destroyed Oscar, us.
0: Yeah, no one remembers that fact, but Oscar Shibwe kind of just d- told... I, he turned us into pulled pork at times, and it was yeah. kind of disgusting.
1: Yeah, he was just so much bigger than everybody that we had. It just was not even funny. Uh, but Will McNair does have the size for that. He... Isn't immobile either. He's not someone I think we're going to want to switch on the perimeter. Uh, but he can block a few shots. Uh, he can he can throw down a dunk. In a pinch, he can take a wide open three, and he will make it on occasion. Uh, more than some, less than most. But <laughs> yeah. he he can at, he does at least have some sort of shooting form for outside shooting. Uh, and if he can play. 10 to 12 minutes a game, depending on who we're facing. Like, if we're facing a team with, like, a 7-foot, 250 guy, we may see more Will McNair because he's going to be better at defending uh, in the post than a guy like Naquan Tomlin or David Gasson uh, or even, to an extent, Jarrell Colbert. Uh, but he could be a very effective um, hit-the-glass, uh, just be a brick wall against uh, guys that are similar size, if we can get that from him, I think this is a good ad. He's a grad transfer as well, so he's, this is going to be his one year here unless he takes a COVID season. So uh, all in all, it should be uh, uh, a, a nice addition here. Uh, you can't really, again, you can't really ask for much
0: better no. uh, at this point in the Portal season, so I'm pretty happy with the ad. I mean, go back to when the, like, the first episodes that we were talking about and talking about what we wanted from the Portal I think my answers were an outside shooter, a distributor, and a big man. The only one that you could questionably say is, like, top-tier distributor, but even then, that's just not how Tang wants to be. So like, And uh, he's a little bit better at basketball knowledge than I am. I think one could debate. No, there's no debate there.
1: Yeah, uh, that was going to be my follow-up there, (laughs) but you figured it out.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, like, you and I pretty much... I think you may have had two outside shooters. I think that may have been your request. But we both had one big man. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it? I've slept a few times. So not... <laughs> Several times. But that pretty much, not only does that round out the roster, that kind of rounds out our wish list. And this isn't the basketball preview episode. That'll come later, eventually. Soon i don't know november ish nope. well it'll probably be late october i guess yeah late october somewhere in there but this is again a tournament roster it doesn't have the top tier like the top end star power marquise noel and Keontae johnson but it is probably a top to bottom more complete and better roster
1: yeah tom there's not a guy on the roster that i would feel uncomfortable getting like Five minutes in a pinch mm-hmm. uh, Which we probably couldn't say the same Last year at times uh, But yeah We've got a really deep roster We have role players like Will McNair And we're going to have stars like Arthur Kuluma And Tyler Perry uh, And Naquan Tomlin uh, So there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed on this roster But I'm going to be really interested to see who emerges this year Like is Jarrell Colbert going to take the next step uh, Which of the freshmen Is going to break out Because it could, it could be any three of them I think uh, based on what we saw on the overseas trip, uh, but it's it just kind of remains to be seen right now. But the first few games are going to be interesting, uh, especially against some of the uh, um, buy games that we'll have uh, in Bramlage. Uh, B U Y, not B Y E, for what it's worth, uh, um, just to see um, who's hitting the floor more, uh, who's. Uh, uh doing more who's more into it who's getting more minutes stuff like that but yeah there's a lot of talking about will mcnair to ultimately still get back to the point that he's a he's a very solid ad if we'd added him in like april i would have been scratching my head but it's september so yeah gotta be pretty happy
0: yep so a lot of excitement for the men's basketball team i didn't put this on the outline but it's something that we can both quickly note uh women's team just uh revealed big game grays thoughts i love them Uh, i've seen some discourse
1: on them um on some people love them some people really really hate them um i like them i always liked the big game grays when i was younger because that was kind of my formative years so i grew up with some of those frank martin teams uh, and some bruce weber teams as well with the big game grays Uh, i know it's women's basketball not men's uh, but I love the Wildcat script getting uh, to women's basketball, which it makes sense since they're now the Wildcat script on the court now, anyways, uh, on the one of the baselines. Uh, so it's uh, they. I really liked how they looked. Um, I don't think they'll be the base uniforms. Uh, I think that'd be a little strange. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, like a purple variant, a white variant, a probably black variant. Have the, uh, has the women's team worn lavender? Um, I think they wore like a. I think they've occasionally worn like a pink, um, for like breast cancer awareness. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure if they've ever actually worn like a true lavender, uh, but uh, maybe they would at some point. I'm not sure if they want to keep that just to uh, the men's team for it to be a dominant color. Maybe we see it as a trim at some point. Uh, we'll have to talk to Nike about that, I guess. <laughs> and they they've been a little difficult as of late, so. <laughs> Uh, but I- I'm pretty happy with the new uniforms I think they look really great uh, and I'm hoping that we break them out in a few uh, big games this year you say they look great I would say that actually um the only thing I'm upset about is that I didn't think of that first
0: <laughs> yeah I, everything you said I agree with I just I wanted to work in the women's catsketball propaganda here
1: no I don't blame you at all we, we got to start hyping up the machine that is. Uh, women's basketball, especially given that some of the non-revs
0: are currently struggling a bit. Which, speaking of, now we can work into the non-revs, starting with soccer. And, uh, oh boy. It was a... Uh, f- we only have one match to talk about, and that's the 2-0 loss to Oklahoma. Oklahoma went into this 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. This ends up dropping us to 2-5-3. and three. This... Okay, we're going to talk about the one really embarrassing thing, because it, it, it needs to be said. Um, Kansas State University has, own, has a own goal themselves this year. Not fun. That was Oklahoma's second goal. Yeah,
1: not, not very fun.
0: Yeah. In my opinion. I agree. Oklahoma scored in the second minute of the entire game, and then the only other goal of the game was an own goal from k-state not what you want (laughs) but in terms of shots k-state had 10 and 5 on goal to 12 oklahoma's 12 and only two on goal so we were getting shots and we were getting shots on goal we just weren't able to make them go in which is progress from the last couple of weeks
1: yeah it's pretty discouraging to see a similar shot line and more shots on goal. Oklahoma only had two shots on goal, and they both got through. uh, Which, or one of them got through, I should say, uh, because the other one was an own goal. So, uh, pretty disappointing uh, in that sense. We got six corners as well. Oklahoma, sure, they had 12, but we still get six. We should be able to do something with how effective we were at corners early in the year. But, yeah, it's been a really really sluggish bad last several games uh, for the soccer team which is really unfortunate because they got off to a really hot start uh, and they just have not been able to put it together uh, really since the UTSA game it's kind of fallen apart uh, there's not been many good results if any
0: uh, so seven matches since the last victory
1: yeah, that's really unfortunate, I'd say. Two draws in that time, I guess.
0: Three? Two? Uh, we drew up against Creighton Crichton and,
1: and Cincy. Cincy. So two. Yeah. So, yeah. Losing 02 to an Oklahoma team that was pretty mediocre. Granted, one of those goals was self inflicted. Uh, we had opportunities and just didn't make the most of them. But still, I'm not really in the mood to make legitimate excuses right now for soccer. They're just going to have to figure it out at this point wow. uh, because it's this is really unsustainable. Uh, we're on track to have a very not good season. Uh, so we need to figure out how to get things turned around sooner rather than later, uh, get back in the win column, at least get some draws to get some points, uh, but not a good showing. Uh, against Oklahoma
0: yeah the next two matches are up against Oklahoma State who I believe at the time of that I last checked they were like eight and two and then TCU who's receiving votes in the top 25 both are on the road draw I I think is the best outcome honestly the best outcome
1: might be just scoring
0: Yeah. Like, I think if we can straight up just
1: get a goal by any means necessary, that might be enough to satisfy me for one of those games because we haven't scored in a while. Uh, I say that, it was Cincinnati, but we haven't been scoring much for a while. Yeah. Uh, We haven't had a multi goal game since I think we beat UTSA.
0: Yep. It has been. Almost a uh, month since yeah. we've had more than one goal. Yeah, it's almost it's been almost a month since our last victory and almost a month since our last multi-goal game. Yeah, so
1: not cash money right now as <laughs> uh, the soccer team, but maybe we'll get things turned around at some point. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of talk about how young this team is. They were younger than I thought they were going to be, um, but there is at least some obvious athleticism. Yeah. Uh this is this team is definitely more athletic than teams of the past. That's not hard. Yeah. Cause we've had some pretty unathletic teams in the past, but we uh we have some legitimate athletes on uh this squad and uh it's just gonna take some developing. Um still the season is a step back from where we were last year. Um uh, I would have liked us to get a couple more true instant impact transfers, and we haven't really seen much of that. Um, but still it's in spotty play at best, uh, would really want to see us turn it
0: around though. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would describe it as well. So next up we get to talk about volleyball and volleyball hasn't fared too much better in this week. This would be the third weekly recap where we're kind of sad. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But the first match was happening at the same time as the K-State MU game. So we weren't able to watch it but it was a 3-0 loss sweep up against Rice in the morgue, which not what you want. Scores went 25-15, 25-23 and then 25-21. So at least in the last two sets we put up a little bit of a fight but in the first set. This seems to be a common theme that this the Mansfield era has begun with starting really slow in like most of the games.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh not just been offensively starting slow but defensively. Uh, as well, uh, which has been really unfortunate. Um, some of it may be that Mansfield just doesn't have the players that he is hoping for for his system. I don't really know because I just I'm I'm not super dialed in to volleyball strategy and whatnot. Uh, I just think the game is fun. So <laughs> uh, that that's pretty much the ex- no false ex- only vibes. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's <laughs> the extent of uh, what I know about it. But um, hitting. Uh, 0.079 um, across uh, the, the whole match. For K-State, it's pretty bad. Allowing 0.231 as well, not great either. Um, yeah, just for the most part, a poor showing. Did okay in the second set. Uh, kept it close, but at home against Rice, I get Rice with receiving votes, but you really need to take at he least a set. set. Yeah, yeah. like. Which I I guess there's gonna be adjustment with the first year of a new head coach, a uh, completely new era for the volleyball team. But uh, they, it, it would be nice if we could get a bit more consistent, uh, really start challenging early, because we're just not playing well enough early in matches uh, to ever deserve to really win. So we need to figure that out badly.
0: Yeah. But we can start with uh, the stats, you know. Uh, Aaliyah Carter, 11 kills. Shayla Meyer, 7. Cindy Boulding, 6. Aaliyah Carter and Mackenzie Morris both split uh, the aces that K-State had. Cindy Boulding had 5 blocks. Aaliyah Carter, 4. Dahlia Wilson, 3. Izzy. Shulczewski. Had 23 assists and Mackenzie Morris, 5. Lauren Hinkle, 4. Kenzie Morris had 16 digs. Izzy had 12, and Lauren Hinkle had 11. So it, in terms of assists, there was you know Izzy had a very good day. Sorry, I just jumped that one on you, but other than that, really unremarkable. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, so has been a welcome surprise this year, but she's the only guy, I think this is her only year, I think she's a grad transfer. Oh, so it's Elena Baka too. Yeah, I think so. Much different player, but similar situation. Uh, yeah. Just coming from the West Coast, only to play one year and be a good player, but not stick around very long. Uh, so it's, a, it's really unfortunate. Um, Aaliyah Carter's has not been able to get it going. I think some of that is that we haven't had a consistent counter uh, to keep teams honest with her. Yeah. Uh, so we've really got to have somebody put it together. Uh, on, on the other side, Bolding has been a solid running mate. Uh, but her main game is clearing out the middle, and pretty much just destroying whoever is left. Uh, with a uh uh kill, pretty much straight down. With how tall she is. Yeah. Uh, so. If she can't do that every single play because they'll get used to it. So it's a uh, unfortunate. We'll see, I guess, how this team progresses, but it's not been great since the uh, start of the year.
0: Yeah, and it's not didn't really get any better tonight against uh, another squad from Texas who is receiving votes. Rice is private, aren't they? Yes. So it's uh, two private colleges from Texas receiving votes that going to Manhattan, Kansas, giving us uh, sweeps. Mm-hmm. If I had a nickel for... <laughs> but this was another sweep for instead TCU instead of Rice. This game was at least marginally closer. Um, 25-20, 25-16, then 25-23. However, there was never really a time where it didn't feel like TCU was comfortably in control, which I think that is the worst part about it, especially given the hitting percentages. K-State only hits uh, .115 the entire game, though they did really pick it up in the third set uh, hitting 345. but hitting a 0 and then hitting a .054 in the first set, that's not a winning formula, especially against a squad that is... That is receiving votes and does have a lot of really really good pieces, for like they, it's I don't want to say that they're infinitely more talented, but they're definitely more talented <laughs> as it stands right now. Yeah, but yeah. you you have the uh, individual stats. Unless there's anything else you wish to note,
1: Oli uh, Carter led uh, with 15 kills, and I Clinton and Sydney
0: Boulding each had
1: seven. Uh, we only had one ace on the day, and that was from Liz Gregorski. Uh, in terms of blocks, Sidney Bolding had three, Dahlia Wilson had two, and then Brenna Schmidt had two. Um, for assists, uh, Lauren Hinkle had 17, Izzy Soschewski did as well, and then Mackenzie Morris had two. Then for digs, Mackenzie Morris had 14, Liz Grigorski and Lauren Hinkle each had seven. And I think something uh, big to note is that the uh, team comparison states that TCU had 14 blocks uh, as a team, yeah. which is pretty horrific. That is pretty close to, I think on the broadcast they alluded to the record being like 16 yeah. for three-set match. Uh, so, they got kind of close to setting an NCAA record uh, um, for, for blocks, uh, which is pretty bad. Yeah, Uh, There's no really other way to beat around the bush there. There's uh, there's
0: no positive sell to that. Yeah,
1: Brianna Green had 10 blocks alone for TCU. I mean, yeah, we hit better in the third set, but TCU did too. Uh, We hit 345 in that third set, but they hit 371. Uh, So not a massive improvement really at all. Uh, At least uh, we kind of improved um, by the end of uh, the match there, but again slow starts just really hurting us it's uh frustrating we get another shot at tcu luckily but this was a another bad loss
0: you know, we get another shot at them the day this comes out mm-hmm. at a uh, same time in a morgan family arena at six thirty. so if you're in town for the game you know drop by, see the Volleycats play. The arena is really nice. I think we've talked about the arena on the show before, but the morgue is really really yeah. nice.
1: I've been in it, I think two or three times now. Uh,
0: uh, the Omaha game, the Nebraska game.
1: The other time I was in it was when they had that like open house That's thing more, for so. scrimmage. Okay, And they had like a scrimmage going on. Uh, so I think it's three then for me. Okay. Which I... Like, every time I've been in it, I've still been astounded at how nice it is. Uh, they... Um, of the seating um, area, like the actual court and everything, it's all really, really nice. Uh, And it's obviously new. And even at the outside, I don't love the architectural choices that we made for the (laughs) exterior. Um, I think the interior is where the money went, which I guess you could argue that's more important. I I think you'd pretty effectively argue that. (laughs) Uh, But the inside is really awesome. Uh, It's clear that a lot of thought was put into it as well. Uh, sound is really good uh, the lighting is really good they can do some cool stuff with the interior lighting as well so if you get a chance even though they haven't been performing well it is worth going to go see it because uh, it's a very intimate environment as well only holds 3000 they pack them in uh, but it's still comfortable so uh, it's, it's a loud arena when things are going well uh, just because of um, how compact it is mm-hmm. uh, so it's definitely worth going to uh, go catch a match or two if you have time Uh, Because it's a pretty fun experience.
0: Yep. And uh, the next match before the next episode, I should say, is is Wednesday at West Virginia. But that pretty much wraps up the actual news segment of the episode, which means that now it's time for everyone's absolute favorite segment. That is the wacky segment of the week. This week's question is, and this is an all-time question, so just assume that... This is the like the game comes out the year after this player is done playing. Which K State athlete would you put on the cover of an NCAA game? Uh,
1: for football? For football, yes. Okay. Um, it's a tough question because the immediate temptation is to go for favorites Mm -hmm. when there's also a really good argument for popularity, Mm -hmm. and there's a few options. Um, I'm torn between, I think, two. And they're both based on popularity. Although, Mm. they're also still K-State legends. Uh, But I think I'm going to acquiesce and go with Darren Sprouls. Uh, I think that that's probably the right pick. But I think there's a really, really convincing argument for someone else. I had a lot of professional success. I'll see if you pick them.
0: Uh, The person I'm picking did not have any... Okay, so you're not system. going based off popularity then? No. Okay. I'm going based off of the fact that they should have won a Heisman. Okay. Well, there's two people then. Line twelve. Okay.
1: <laughs> there, there, there's two really good options for the criteria you selected. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're going Sproles? That'd be what? Oh, he played four, three oh four. Yeah,
1: he finished no four. I think he started in like two thousand one.
0: Okay. So. Okay. So with how the rules worked it'd probably be coming out in 05
1: yeah yeah Yeah, that probably would have been 2005 um the other player i was thinking of was terrence newman Mm -hmm. uh just again because of uh, professional success and just what a he might have he might be the best athlete that's ever played for k-state uh overall uh just he was just an absolute freak of nature and what he could do i mean. Bill Snyder was putting him out on offense just because of how athletic he was. And Bill very rarely gives someone special treatment like that. <laughs> uh, so it, you, have to, you have to really earn it, I guess, to, um, to do that. But when you said someone that deserved a Heisman, I thought you were going Michael Bishop mm-hmm. at first. Um, but Colin Klein, again, also a fantastic pick as well. He did really take the world by storm back in 2012. Um, although now I just kind of remembered as the guy who... Uh, lost the Heisman to um, a, uh, a guy that got scammed and a uh, um, self-destructive quarterback. So, uh, unfortunately that's the reason. So
0: reasonable. sad. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? But uh, I'd say it could happen to anybody, but there's a very small subset of people that that could yeah, happen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's um, yeah,
1: there's obviously Deuce Vaughn is another good option. Yeah. Uh, around now he didn't really ever achieve true national popularity at k-state but he's kind of been like a side character that's well known for the last few months in the nfl just because of the draft day story and just his size people have been catching on to him so he wouldn't be a a terrible pick either depending on how avery's career goes maybe he'll make an argument for it declaring avery
0: (laughs) as the greatest quarterback in history now
1: uh, If he completes one pass this weekend I think it's over (laughs) Just get that Have him stay forever Give him infinite eligibility I think we should try and do that I don't know if he'll go for it But it doesn't hurt to try Yeah He
0: can come back after his professional career
1: That he can He'd be a
0: player coach Yeah (laughs) Alright, you have any final notes? Uh, I do not Alright that's the case thank you all for listening to this episode of the aggieville alley cats podcast if you want to follow or contact the show you can follow us on just about anything at aggieville a if you want to email us we're aggieville at at gmail.com if you want to follow us on a more personal note i am at a c Edwards zero zero i am at connor bounces or capital c capital b and if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Alley Alleycats merch store. Link in both the podcast description and our Twitter bio. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Alley Alleycats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Cats.